Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to Canvas Church. So glad to have you here with us today and excited to continue our detox series. I am excited. I know God's been doing some incredible things. Uh, Last week, a great message on detoxing from discouragement. And I talked to several people after the service that would just share that it was a timely message for them, exactly what they needed to hear based on some of the things that had been going on in their life that week. And so I know that God's been doing some uh, great things in, in my heart and in your heart as well through this series. And so I'm excited to continue our series as we talk about words today. And so would you turn in your Bible with me to Proverbs And we're going to start in Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs uh, is near the center of your Bible. Uh, It comes right after the book of Psalms. And we're going to start in chapter 18. And then we're also going to turn to Genesis chapter 1, which is the very first book of the Old Testament, very first book of the Bible. And we're going to be in chapter 1 for that one. Uh, But we're going to start right here in Proverbs 18, verse 21. And this verse reads, life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death are in the power of our words, in the power of our words. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it's the the very beginning. We're going to look at how it all started here. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Then God spoke these words, Let there be light, and there was light. Then God spoke, then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And we see as we go uh, continue reading through chapter one, we see. Uh, that, that each day God spoke and there was something new that was created. Each day God spoke and the world that we live in today was created. The world was created. Um, God spoke and it was created. By the words that he spoke, uh, the world around us was created. There is life and, the, and death and the power of our words. Should we pray this morning? I think we ought to pray this morning. And God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the Bible that we hold in our hands today, that it truly is your word. And we think that your word brings life. God, we think that your word, through the hearing of it, it brings faith. And I pray that faith would increase in each and every one of our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 I hate you. Why can't you be more like your brother? When are you ever going to get it right? I don't even know why I married you. I'm leaving you. It's always like this. It's never going to get any better. I can't make it. I have cancer. There's no hope for me. I love you. Man. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> Let's grow old together. Amen. You are so smart. I love.
of the way God created you so unique and so special. I can make it. I'm fighting cancer. My God is a healer. I am an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror. This is what Proverbs 18 is talking about. We live in, in, in a world where we live in between this tension of words of life and words of death. There's this constant tension. Every day we hear words, and those words are either going to come in the form of life, come and, and bring life, or they're going to they're bring death. This constant tension. You, you felt it the minute I, I said some of those statements, didn't you? You could feel something in your heart. You could feel something. Your emotions begin to kind of go a little bit crazy with each statement that was made in the beginning. And, and, and there was some walls that maybe started coming up, right? But the minute we started, I started saying those, those statements, I love you. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. Man, I can make it. I, I, I'm, I'm fighting cancer, but my God is a healer. There's something else that began to rise up inside of you, wasn't there? Hope began to rise up inside of you, didn't it? This, this, this something began to kind of reach out. I, I picture it this way where I began to kind of reach out, and I want those words, and I begin to grab a hold of those words. I want to attach myself to those words, but those other words that we were speaking, I felt like, man, i got to put a wall up. I don't want that. I don't want that in my life. Words have power. That's what we see there in Proverbs 18, 21, life death. They're either life-giving or they can be toxic. In Genesis 1, we see that God spoke. We see creative power in the words of God. God spoke and created the world. And our words are creating our world. Now, ladies, they say that we speak about 20,000 words a day. About 13,000 more than men. They say on average men speak about 7,000 7, words. Uh, apparently we feel like we've got a little bit more to say. Um, we like to hear our voices. I don't, we like to talk about things. Don't internalize it. We just talk through it, you know. Um, but when I hear that and I hear that I speak about 20,000 words a day, it makes me pause. Because when I hear verses like Proverbs 18, 21, that there is power of life and death in my words, I kind of pause for a moment, and I rewind, and I have to think, what kind of words was I speaking today? If, I, if I'm speaking 20,000 words a day, what kind of words am I speaking? You, you heard it when you were in elementary school, right, on the playground? You know where I'm going, sticks and stones will break my bones. You know, you got this little tiff going on between two kids on the playground, and one's going, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And it's usually followed with, neener, 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 yeah, right? Such a lie. Sticks and stones will break, will bruise. That bruise, that break will last for, you know, six weeks, eight weeks, maybe three months. But eventually it goes away. Eventually it heals, right? But, man, words bruise, and they can bruise a spirit for a lifetime. Words can, can stick with us, and we can carry those words to our graves. Words have power. Words have power. That statement that we said when we were on the playground is an absolute lie. It's a lie. Proverbs 8, uh, 12, 18 says this. It says, the words of the reckless 
pierce like swords. They pierce. They do harm. But the tongue of the wise brings healing in people's lives. Proverbs 15 verse 4 says, gentle words are a tree of life. And a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Deceitful tongue crushes. It does damage. Here on one hand, we have life-giving words. On the other hand, we have toxic words that bring harm, that bring forth death each and every day. And when, I, when we think about that, we have to realize then it's very, very important that you and I are guarding our hearts against toxic words. We must guard our hearts against toxic words. See, because we cannot control what other people say to us or what other people say about us. We can't control what they say. We can't control uh, the, the gossip that's rumor mill that's running around the office. We can't control what people say, but we can control what we choose to believe. We can control what we choose to allow into our hearts. We can control that. We can't control what they say, but we can certainly control what we allow in here. And in Proverbs, we see that King Solomon, wise, wise man, in Proverbs 4, verses 20 through 23, he, he takes a moment to begin to share something with his son. And he says this. He says, my son, pay attention to my words. And he gets a little more intense. I, I can imagine a, a father sitting before a son kind of shaking him like, listen closely to my sayings. Don't lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart for they are life. Come on. What words is he about to speak? He's about to speak words that are life. They are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. And this is the advice that he gives his son. Guard your heart above all else for it is the source of of life. Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. My daughter, Kara, um, she's a teenager now, so I have to make sure that I ask permission, permission to share stories about her. So I have, I have permission for this. Uh, when she was about in fifth grade, there was something that took place at school. She came home that afternoon, and she was Visibly, you could see there was something going on. She was a little bit upset. And when she had gotten to school that morning, all of her little friends came and ran around her and said, Car, 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 you're not going to believe what happened yesterday in aftercare. So-and-so said this, and they said that, and, and I can't believe And they said all these things about you. What are you going to do about it? And Cara's hearing all these words. Basically, the previous afternoon, there's some kids, and there was a little crush going on. And... Um, my husband dealt with it, okay? But there was a crush happening, and this one boy is talking to this other boy saying, well, why don't you like so-and-so? Don't you want a girlfriend like this, and why don't you like so-and-so? And the boy says, well, because I like Kara. And the other boy, really loud at the top of his lungs, goes, why do you like her? She's not even pretty. Every kid in that aftercare room turned their head and heard exactly what he was saying. And so then that next morning, they're repeating these words to my daughter. She's hearing these words saying, you're not pretty. Why would anyone like you? So that afternoon when she got home, she's sharing this with me. And I'm doing my best to hold in the, the mama bear claws, you know, the righteous anger, you know, the tears. And, 
you know, the where is this boy, what is his name, and where does he live, you know. I, I'm holding it in. I'm trying not to show a reaction with the, the look on my face, and I'm just, I'm trying my best. And I'm like, well, babe, like, what, how are you doing with, with what, what this boy said to you? And she just goes, Mom, I think he's wrong, and I think he needs to get in trouble, and he should have never said that. And I'm like, you are right, preach it, girlfriend. You know, I'm like, can I get a witness? You know, um, you know, I, I'm getting all, you're right, and I'm starting to rise up, you know. But then I wasn't getting the emotional reaction that I thought that I was going to get when I asked that question. I, I was expecting the tears to start flowing. I was expecting, you know, the, the tears that, you know, the, the, the ugly tears, you know, where it's like nose, eyes, you know, I'm expecting that, you know, to hear words like that spoken about you. And so I just, I kind of leaned in a little bit more. I was like, babe, how are you doing with what was said about you? She goes, it's not true. I don't care. And I just thought, come on, yes, that's great, that's awesome. And I thought, man, she is, she is way more mature than me. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, wow, good for you. But you know why? You know why those words, she, they, 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 she, they didn't get into her heart? That, you know why she didn't have an emotional reaction? Why it didn't crush her? Because her heart had been guarded. Her heart was full of the words that she has heard her father speak to her all throughout her life. See, when our girls were just little, um, my husband would do this thing where they were, they were little, and he'd walk up to them, baby girl, you're so beautiful. And they'd smile, you know. And they're in their little, you know, uh, Cinderella princess dress-up dress, you know. And he's like, baby girl, you're so beautiful. How did you get so beautiful? And they'd say, Jesus. <laughs> and he'd say, well, that's right. But how did Jesus make you so beautiful? And he's sitting there going, and they go, mommy. And he's like, that's right. Jesus made you beautiful just like mommy. Over and over and over. It's almost a daily occurrence where they, where they hear, they would hear these words. And now it's to the point where he said, baby, you're, baby girl, you're so beautiful. How did you get so beautiful? And they're like, mommy, mommy. They just get right back. Jesus is a given, ladies and gentlemen. We know Jesus did it. But they're like, come on, dad. We know what you're looking for. You want to give mama some props. You want to get some points. You know, they're like, it's mama, dad. It's mama. We know it's mama. Um, but they've heard those words over and over and over and over again. So her heart was so full with the truth of the words of her dad that the minute that word that was toxic, that word that was a lie came forth, it couldn't penetrate. There was no room for it to enter in. It just bounced right back off. And she's like, I don't care. It's not true. I don't believe that. And she just continued on. That boy ought to get in trouble. You know, I'm like, amen, sister. He's got to get in trouble, you know. Um, but... She had guarded her heart. The reality, ladies and gentlemen, I know that every one of us has heard words. And at one time or another, it's slipped in. And it's gone deep. And we've internalized. And we've allowed those words in. And we begin to think about it. And we begin to think about it. And we begin to think about it. And the problem with that is the more you think about it, eventually you begin to act like it. So we've got to allow the word of God, the truth of the words of our heavenly father to get internalized into our hearts so that there won't be room enough for any toxic words that would come our way. Amen.
Amen. See, the Bible says this in Psalm 139, 14. It says, you have been remarkably and wonderfully made. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, you are a new creation. You are a new creation. The old has passed away. All things have become new. You are new creations. 1 Peter 2, 9 says, you are chosen. You are royal. You are holy. That is who you are. And as the words of God come, come on, I believe that they're going to wash out every lie, every toxic word. And you're going to experience a detox as those words come in. Come on, those toxic words are going to come out. There won't be room enough for them. The, The truth of the word of God Our theme verse here at Canvas Church, Ephesians 2.10, you are God's masterpiece. You are his masterpiece. You have been created anew in Christ Jesus. You didn't do that. It wasn't anything that you accomplished in and of yourself. You didn't clean yourself up. You didn't read enough of the Bible. It was all because of what Jesus did. You have been, you, uh, you are his masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus. So you might do the good works that he prepared for you long ago. This is who you are. And those are the words that we ought to grab hold of. Those are the words that we are to internalize. Those are the words that we need to be meditating on every single day. Because if we do, then our hearts will be guarded. Amen. And those toxic words will not be allowed in. So we've got to guard our hearts. And we've got to then, as we've got that guard over our hearts, we've got to then do what my husband does with me, with my girls. And we've got to speak life to the people in our lives every single chance we get, every opportunity we have to speak life over the people around us. Make sure that we're speaking life. Ephesians 429 says this it says don't use foul or abusive language let everything you say be good and be helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them what words are you speaking to and about your children what words are you speaking about your spouse what words are you speaking about your boss what words are you speaking about your church What words are you speaking about your neighbor? What words are you speaking? Are they words that are helpful? Are they words that that, uh, bring encouragement to those who hear them? I absolutely love getting around Adrienne Nicodemus. Every time she comes to church without fail, she comes up to me. She gets right in my face. She's like, can I just talk to you for a second? She looks at me, and it's like she's looking through me, you know. If any of you have had a conversation with her, you know what I'm talking about. And she gets right there and she says, can I just share something with you? And she begins to speak these words that encourage, these words that speak life, these words saying, Pastor Katie, everything that you do, if it's just for one, it matters. If it's just for one, it's making a difference. It's just for one. And man, I leave and I'm like, you're right. It's all worth it. it it's, if it's just for one person that came to know Jesus today, it's worth it. And she begins to speak words of encouragement. Sometimes on a Sunday, if you see me walking around going like this, I'm looking for Adrian. <laughs> I'm like, where's Adrian at? I need some words. Words of life spoken to me, spoken over me. I love getting Katina, uh, Katina uh, uh, Evans's um, uh, her her uh, emails. I love getting her emails. They usually come on Monday morning, which is the greatest day to receive emails from a pastor if they're life-giving words and emails. And, and I get these emails, and and she's she's just speaking about this encouragement about our church and what God is doing and what God's showing her and what she's hearing. And I'm like, man, I love that. I love that. We've got to surround ourselves with people that are speaking words that are helpful, 
people that are speaking words that are encouraging, people that are speaking words that are life-giving. If you are not in a small group yet here at Canvas Church, then I know, I know that as you get into one, you are going to be surrounded by people that will speak encouragement to you, that will speak faith to you, that will speak life to you and to your circumstances. They absolutely will. But we wonder sometimes, and the holidays are coming up, right? The holidays are coming around, and a lot of us are going to be traveling and going spending time with family. And uh, I remember when my husband and I first got, got married, and um, actually before we got married, when we were just dating, and it was time to go to a family gathering. And, you know, I'd be like, all right, so you're going to meet crazy, da 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 you know, crazy uncle so-and-so, or you're going to meet... Uh, eccentric Sally and Aunt Sally, and, and we begin to speak these words about them, and then we wonder when we get to the family gathering why Uncle so-and-so is so crazy, right? Well, it's what we're speaking about them. It's what we're saying about them, and they're living up to those expectations, aren't they? They're living up to that. Our girls, um, I homeschool uh, our, our girls, and, uh, and this last year, uh, towards the end of the year, um, we, we were talking about their schedules for the next year in different classes, and uh, one of my daughters said, well, Mom, I, I am not good at science. She said, I'm not good at science. I, when I'm in class, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't, I just, I'm really not good at science at all. I don't like it. And I thought, no, babe, no, that's, that's not true. You are, you are learning science. You're learning science. That's what you're supposed to be doing. That's why you're going to school. You're learning it. You're improving in science. And I began to change the way that we were talking about this class. And my other daughter, she, she um, was having some struggles all throughout the year last year with math. And she's like, Mom, I am not good at math. And I, I, I can't do this. It is too hard, Mom. It's too hard. I can't do this. I, I, I'm not good at math. And I said, no, honey, you are improving in math. You're learning this math. You're improving, you're growing in it, you're going to do great. Okay, this year, we, we go to our first parent conferences. And I go and I sit down with our first teacher, um, my youngest daughter's teacher, and she says, she always asks this question, what is your favorite class? And for faith, without fail, it's always going to be art. So she, she prefaces it and says, it can't be art. <laughs> you know, uh, art aside, what is your favorite class? She says, science. Science is my favorite class. And I'm sitting there going, what? Did she just say science? She just said science. She's like, I get it. Mom, I understand it. God, Mom, I, I love it. I'm, I'm loving science. And I'm just going, wow. My other daughter, we go to her conference. And the teacher asks the same exact question. What is your favorite class? She said, math. Without hesitation, math is my favorite class. And I'm sitting there. And then this week she came home from school. I said, "Hun, what, what, what kind of homework do you have? Because we have our home days are Monday and Friday. And, and she's, I said, what homework do you have? She goes, Mom, I don't have homework. I got my math done. I got it done in class. It was so easy. I'm like, wow. Amazing how we changed our words. And it changed the perspective on those subjects. And now suddenly we went from those subjects being hard, being I'm never going to get it, I'm never going to understand, I'm not good at it too. I love this class. I get it. I love it. I'm learning it. I understand it. The power of those words. 
the power of those words. What words are we speaking over our families? What words are we speaking over um, our circumstances? Here's, here's, here's a, a good, good thing to walk away with. This is what we ought to do. Let's determine from this point on, right now, from this point on, if we think anything good, then we're going to say it. If you think something good, say it. If, if a good thought pops in your head, you, you, you know, somebody, somebody walks into church and you see the blouse that they have on, you think, man, that color is beautiful on them, say it. Let them know. It's a life-giving word. It's a word of encouragement. It's a word that's helpful. Speak it. Every single time we think a thought that is good, just go ahead and say it. Speak it to those around you and watch and see what will happen. Proverbs 12.25 says, anxiety in a man's heart overwhelms, uh, weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. You and I have the power and the ability to make one glad, to make someone glad, rather than weighing them down, but building them up and making them glad. In in Mark chapter 5, we see that Jesus did something. In Mark chapter 5, there, there were some people that came to Jesus, and they said uh, this, this father, his daughter, was very, very sick, very ill, and they said, Jesus, would you come? Would you come? Would you heal her? Jesus says, yeah, and he goes along the journey, and he gets a little sidetracked by a woman that had a lot of faith and heals her. And then next thing we know, the people come, and word comes to them, and, and, um, and they say, well, the girl's dead, so there's no point in coming now. But Jesus is like, no, I'm coming. And so he goes along, he gets there, he gets to the house, and all the people outside are weeping and wailing, and they're speaking, they're saying, she's dead, she's gone, she, and they're just weeping and crying, and Jesus says, oh, no, no, she's not, and they start ridiculing him, they start laughing at him, and Jesus did something very interesting, Jesus did this, he went into that room, and he put everyone else out of the room, he took Peter James and John into the room with him with this girl who was dead lying on a bed and he put everyone else out everyone that was speaking words of death he put them out and he took Peter James and John I always wondered this is just side note why didn't he take Luke Luke is a physician but he didn't take Luke he took Peter James and John he took three fishermen who when Jesus came to them they were the first of the disciples Jesus came to them come and follow me and they immediately dropped everything and they followed Jesus he took three men that were so full of faith that they were willing to leave it all and to go follow him those are the type of people that he took into the room with him and he took the girls as parents who were believing and wanting their daughter to be made well and to be alive and Jesus spoke words to this little girl and she rose up to life and she was made well but Jesus did something we see in that passage. He put out every word that was not a life-giving word. He put those out. Some of you need to put out some words, some, some people. There are some people in your life that are not speaking life-giving. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we, we, we shut people out. We, we're going to be a witness. We're going to love on people. But you've got to guard your heart. You've got to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with like-minded believers that are speaking words of life over you, over your circumstances, and over your life. Amen? That's why you ought to get in a small group. Because it is full of people like that. They're full of it. They're full of faith. Okay? They're full of life-giving words. We've got to make sure that we are those that are speaking life. Like Jesus spoke life over this little girl and she rose up to life and was healed 
in that moment. But we've also got to make sure that we're speaking life-giving words to ourselves and to our circumstances. Instead of saying, I'm never going to be able to. It's never going to work. It's always like this. Hashtag my crazy, horrible, messed up life. Some of y'all need to check your hashtags. I'm being serious right now. Those hashtags, you're making a declaration over your life. You're hashtagging my crazy, horrible, messed up life. Guess what your life is going to look like? It's going to look crazy. It's going to look horrible. It's going to look messed up. Be ministers with hope. Mark 11, 23, Jesus is teaching, and he says, man, if you, if you speak to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it'll be done for you. But how many times do we see a mountain in our life, instead of speaking to our mountain about how great our God is, we begin walking around the mountain, we start admiring the mountain, we start going to our friends talking about, did you see my mountain? My mountain is big. It is, I, I don't have enough money for gas to drive around my mountain. I don't have the equipment to climb over my mountain. I'm never going to be able to make it. My mountain's always going to be there. It's just too big. Have you seen it? It's too overwhelming. It's always been there. It's always going to be there. I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to get around it. And we start talking about our mountain to other people rather than talking to our mountain about how great our God is. God said, speak to the mountain and it, 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 that it would be removed and be cast in. But instead, we start speaking words about our circumstances, about how big they are. Instead of speaking words about our God and about how big he is. And we begin to change our words about our circumstances and we begin to see that our circumstances will begin to change. Our circumstances will begin to change. God spoke in Genesis Chapter 1, God spoke and the world was created. Every single day, you and I are speaking. And we are creating the world that we live in. And my challenge to us today is if we look and we do not like the world that we're living in, we don't like the marriage, we don't like the, the relationship with the children, we don't like the church, we don't like the, the, the job place and the boss. If, we don't like, if we're looking and we're seeing that we don't like the world that we have created, then it's time to change our words. Because our words have creative power. Our words are either going to be life-giving or they're going to be toxic. What kind of words are we speaking? I wonder, I wonder what it would be like there was a community of believers that chose, that determined that I am going to speak words of life over my spouse. I'm going to speak life-giving words over my kids. I'm going to speak life-giving words at my workplace. I'm going to speak life-giving words about my boss. I'm going to speak life-giving words about my church. I'm going to speak life-giving words about my neighbors. I wonder what would happen if there was a community of believers that chose to speak life to everyone that they came around, to their community, to their city, to, to, to the people that they would come in contact with. I wonder what kind of world we would create what kind of world would we create a 
Let's pray together. God, you're so good. Lord, we thank you for your word. Jesus, we thank you Ah, that you said three words as you hung on the cross. You said, it is finished. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.